Oh boy, what a wonderful, wonderful time of worship. Can we thank our band, our, our worship team, our incredible singers, and all of our volunteers. Thank you. And I, I would also like to thank our, our volunteers who have been volunteering for the camp that have been feeding you, been cleaning up, been just preparing the place for you, junior hires. So we want to say thank you to our volunteers. All those are serving behind the scenes and broadcasting upstairs. Like there's a ton of people who really, really love you guys, who really want to invest in you. Even like this man, Matthew. Matthew, thank you so much. He's like trying to be incognito. But, you know, in the body of Christ, we all play a part. There's no one greater than the other because we serve a king. And the king is the one who is worthy of, as we say, praise, honor, and glory. And we get to serve our king in this kind of way and we here at this church we we love serving the lord because it's a part of who we are we're created to please god we're created to serve him and what happens when we serve him is that we all get to benefit in his kingdom and as we grow up in this world as we uh, live wherever we may live wherever we may work and as you grow up as junior hires as you grow up you're going to grow up in in two kingdoms uh, the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God. But you can actually choose to grow up in one, which is the kingdom of God. And if you choose to grow in the kingdom of God, you will experience challenges. You will experience more challenges than not being in the kingdom of God. And so for some people, they'd rather not be in the kingdom of God because life is so-called easier. But when you're in the kingdom of God, you will go through some difficulties. You will have some messy moments. And all of us will go through that. But I'd rather be in the mess, in the presence of God, in his kingdom, than to be crystal clear, as it were, in the world without God. Because at that moment, we may think we're in the clear, but we're really not. Because at the end of life, which is the beginning of true life, that's where you and I, who are in the kingdom of God, will really see the promises of God come to pass. We may not see it all here in this life, but that's okay. Because we're going to live on the other side of life a lot longer than we're going to live our life here on this earth. So as we prepare our hearts to hear the message as we worship God, as we, as we gather together as saints, as people in the kingdom, we also worship him by giving. And I know for some of you who call this your home church, this is where we get to participate. And our giving doesn't go to just things. You know, and although we, we purchase things, everything we do is for the end result of a person's soul. And our heart and vision here is to reach people far from God, one relationship at a time. And that is happening right now at this camp. It is happening right now in our congregation. It's happening through those who are joining us through live stream. So when we give tonight, know that our giving goes to an eternal purpose. For those of you who call this your home church or you're, maybe you're visiting or you're here because maybe your niece or nephew is here and you wanted to be here for them, we're going to pray over our tithes and offerings, but Although that's important, I also want us to pray over the junior hires and the campers, the leaders that are here. So as you pray over our offering, I'm going to ask you in our congregation, not the junior hires, in our congregation, I want you to extend a hand forward. And what you're doing is 
the Bible says to lay your hands and pray. And that's what we're going to do. So, Lord God, we stretch our hands toward these junior hires. We pray your blessing over them. We ask that your vision, your direction, and how you created these junior hires to live their life would come to pass because of who you are. May they never forget who you are as life goes on. And we pray your blessing over them, your anointing over them. We thank you that we get to pray and ask for your blessing over these that are here tonight. We also pray for the tithes and offerings that as we give to you, you would use these gifts to further your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray and we all said together, amen, amen. Thank you for praying over our junior hires and, and please do that during the week because they will still be here. You know, while, while I was walking around, I, I saw a lot of mess. <laughs> there was, um, you know, like papers on the ground. And you guys do a pretty good job at cleaning up after yourselves. I got to say that. For junior hires, you keep this place looking really, really good. So thank you. And I see you picking up rubbish from time, from time to time. But life is like that. Life gets messy. And when life gets messy, that's when our eyes can stay focused on God. And, and, and tonight, Pastor Brett Nakasone is going to come and teach us about when life gets messy what what happens at that point uh, he is married to his wonderful wife jessica i know she's oh she's right here okay jessica but um i've known brett and jessica for quite some time i think i might have met brett a, a little bit longer than jessica i'm not sure but i just remember as uh, pastor brett was growing in the lord and and just watching you and, and everything that you've been doing uh, you've always been one of those stellar leaders that I, I would always be so proud of that we get to be a part of your life, that we get to watch you grow up in the Lord. And for you to be here again and to speak to not only our, our junior hires, but our congregation, it is an honor and a privilege, and I call you my friend. So can we welcome up Pastor Brett as he comes and shares the gospel with us? What's up, guys? Can you believe it? We're in night two already. We only got one more day left of camp. And tonight is a special night because it's the midweek service, which means we get to party with our entire New Hope Church fam. Come on, we get to have a big family party tonight. And uh, like Pastor Sheldon said, I'm Pastor Brett. I have the pleasure of being the youth pastor at C4 Church on Oahu. And I've been coming to these camps, uh, particularly Legacy, since it started back in 2013. And so this year is our seventh year of having camps right here in the Camp Legacy-like duration. Can you believe we're three years away from a decade's worth of camps? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> 10 years, and uh, last night we took the time to honor Pastor Sheldon and Auntie Heidi. She's in the mix, she's actually leading a small, small group this camp too, come on. Lead by example, woman. Right, we took the time to honor them and um, for the entire New Hope Church family, I'm sure you already know this, but you guys are blessed. You literally have the real deal. I don't know how good you know that you have it, because hands down, it doesn't get any better than this, that they love Jesus and that they love people. Yeah, come on, we can raise a hallelujah for that. 
And uh, my wife, Jessica, and I, we got to experience this firsthand uh, because we went on a tour together to Israel about maybe a couple of years ago and um, took our relationship to a whole nother level. So we had to travel from Honolulu. I point it here like this is Honolulu when it's, we're in Hilo. But we were in Honolulu, and then we flew to LAX. And from LAX, we flew to Tel Aviv in Israel. And when we were on that leg from LA to Tel Aviv, our luggage did not make the plane. Right? We traveled over 15 hours or whatever, and our luggage did not end up in Tel Aviv, which means we had no clothes. And so out of the goodness of their hearts, right, and we have a picture of it, they actually shared their clothes with us. Right? Um, my wife is wearing Auntie Heidi's clothes, and I'm wearing Pastor Sheldon's. And I want, I want to, you, saw, you see us repping salt up there? Right? I did not want to give that shirt back. And I know that, like, Pastor Sheldon, he's always been a really cool guy. I mean, he runs, like, five miles just for fun. Right? He's really artistic, super good preacher, amazing pastor, like, a beast on the basketball court. I don't know what pastor, like, would wear basketball shoes just, like, for casual, right? So he means business. But it went to another level because when he asked me to borrow clothes, he actually, like for guys too, right? He actually offered me like his bibbities too. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? You get what guy offer you his bibbities. That's taking like loving your neighbor to a whole nother level, <laughs> right? And, and the cool thing was that they actually got to be a part of um, our engagement in Israel. And there's a picture of that too. Look at that, Pastor Sheldon getting the shot right there. Right, we got engaged on the Sea of Galilee. And you know, it does take amazing leadership to pioneer camps just like this, but it also takes an amazing, willing, selfless church family to put this together too. And, and I read the core values in your green room. One of them is to invest and believe and pour into this next generation. So on behalf of all of our campers here, the legacy high schoolers too, we want to say thank you for investing into us, believing in us, pouring into us. We get to take part of what God is doing in our next generation. And again, for all of you um, who are welcoming us in, I'm just giving you a heads up. In about a month, you're going to have like hundreds of high schoolers wreck and shop around this campus, okay? So thank you in advance. Um, junior hires, like I said, we got one more day of camp. And how epic was today, right? Come on, right? Whack the crack and um, steal the bacon. Can we just give it up for Shane? Because, man, you guys were like pulling him apart, dragging him across the floor. And I give you guys credit because, I mean, the dude's one, one dense guy, you know what I mean? But um, really quick, we're going to get to kind of express how awesome camp is. And for those of you who are joining us here tonight, really quick, campers, in a little bit, you are going to just share what's been your highlight of the day. For those of you who are joining us here tonight, if you would just share like maybe a highlight of your day, of your week as well. Okay, go ahead and take a moment. Ready, go. Yeah, you guys can like share with each other what was the highlight of your day. Go.
All right, all right, take about five more seconds. Take about five more seconds. All right, hey, when I say Jesus, y'all clap once. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, come on, come on. I hope you know if we literally keep to it, it's gonna be really, really cool. I was gonna say sick, but stick with cool, okay? Um, and last night, junior hires, we walked away with one simple but powerful truth. What was it? You are approved by God. Say it with me. You are approved by God. Tell your neighbor you are approved by God. And so, you know, growing up, I don't know if you guys had this, um, but growing up, I had family dinner around a table kind of similar to this. And just a side note, just a side note, uh, for those of you right now who your mom's cooked for you, here's like an adult tip, but there are just some things that your mom makes and cooks that no one else can top. Like, you know what I mean? For, for my mom in particular, I don't care who's going up and up with her, I don't even think Bobby Flay can beat her, but her chicken katsu, yeah, come on. Wait, 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 but let me tell you about my mom's chicken katsu. Okay, I'm gonna pull like the Guy Fieri, like, give you the analyst right now, okay? It's airy, it's flaky, it's tender, it's juicy, okay? It's not kind of like, I'm not knocking if, if I'm not knocking if you work at l &L or anything like that, but the katsu there is just kind of firm, kind of hard, you know, like it's not quite, they're kind of dry. My mom's is the best, so like, hands down, love my mom's chicken katsu. I also love her fried noodles, love her fried rice, her pork and squash dish, phenomenal. And uh, she also makes homemade spicy ahi cakes. Check this out. Yeah, come on. My mom's the real MVP. That, that's for my birthday. She knows I hate sweets, so she makes the extra effort to make me a spicy ahi cake. Yeah, it's real. That's spicy ahi underneath is rice, and there's more spicy ahi and there's more rice. She's amazing. I love my mom. I love my mom. And uh, can, really quick, can we take the time to honor all the moms in the house tonight? I know we just had Father's Day, but really every day should be Mother's Day. We all know that. And uh, I don't know if, if for your house, but growing up by a show of hands, if you guys sat at the dinner table for a meal, would you guys pass the food around? Was that you? Show your hands if you guys would pass. Like, hey, pass the rice, pass the pork. Okay. The, the rest of you, go ahead, hands down. Were you the type of family you just reached for whatever you want? Yeah. Yeah, that's me here. I know my mom, she would have appreciated the first, right, if we would actually pass our food around the table, but let me tell you, when I just had a day, when I'm hungry and I'm hangry, I'm just gonna reach for some food, right? And so whatever, and then, whoa. The moral of tonight is eat your vegetables and, and your, your fruits, I guess, right? But you'd reach around and occasionally when you're trying to get to something, you spill the milk. No, the I know, not the milk. Right, but you'd spill the milk. How many of you guys ever confessed, I spilled the milk before? I, we were milk people, so we drank milk, okay? And I remember there was one night in particular, obviously my mom told me to go clean it up. And so I went um, to the kitchen to grab the towel or the napkins or whatever. And as I'm there, um, I turn around, and I'm just gonna make a disclaimer, okay? 
before I go any further, I need you to know that I love my mom. Okay, what I'm about to share right now, I'm not throwing rocks at her. I'm not trying to diss her. I'm not throwing, trying to throw shade or disrespect her. This is just kind of what I went through, and she's given me permission to say this. So please don't, like, say that my mom was a horrible mother. Like, my mom is amazing. She sacrificed so much for me and my sister and our family. Um, so I'm just expressing what happened as a seven- or eight-year-old. We good? Okay. So I turn around, and I'm, like, short, right? I'm, like, seven or eight. And... She just starts grilling me. Like, you can't do anything right. Like, figure it out. What, I just, I just talked from my breath. And, and I remember in that moment feeling so small. I remember in that moment, I just thought, man, I'm worthless. I can't do anything right. Like, I'm just a complete failure. And it's as if from that moment on, like, I walked around with this banner over my head that said failure. And it didn't matter if I was at home trying to not spill milk on a dinner table. It didn't matter. Um, it followed me when I played sports. It followed me when I went to school. It followed me when over to a friend's house. Even as I got older, it followed me into dating relationships. It followed me into friend groups. Even followed me into working for a church. And I don't know if you've ever spilt the milk before and felt like that, but I think there's always a time in our life when we've felt like a failure. And maybe you're here tonight, and for the junior hires, it's at school. You study as hard as you can. You go in for extra help, you turn in all your homework, but still you don't get the grades you want. And come on, even as adults, I think we remember how tough school was. Have you ever tried to do long division before for the first time? Yeah. You ever tried to do algebra for the first time? Or geometry and do all those theorems? It's tough, right? For some of us in here junior hires, it's our parents. Right, we're on our best behavior, best behavior. We're like almost walking like on eggshells just to make sure we don't make a mistake. I help out so much around the house. I try to take care of my brother and sister as best as I can, but it still falls short of my parents' expectations. Right, and for maybe for us as parents, we feel like failures when they don't do their chores or they don't turn in their work or they don't follow the rules or they get sent to the principal's office. And rather than taking a chill pill, we react, we criticize, we yell. And in that moment, we don't realize that we watch our kid run to their room, lock their door, don't want to come out. And we're sitting there, and man, all they had was just a tough day. And you're feeling, feeling like a failure as a parent. Where we try to give our kids everything in the world that they're asking for, but we're struggling financially and we feel like failures. For some of us, it's our friends or our peers or our coworkers, right? Now, how come, how come they got the latest iPhone? I still got like an iPhone 5, right? They got all the newest video games. I don't have anything. They get all the nice clothes. I'm wearing hand-me-downs, right? How come they get to live in that house? How come they get to drive that car? How come they get to go to these trips? And we end up feeling like a failure. 
And so tonight, I say let's spiritually like drop kick failure in the face. Amen. Amen. Like I want us to take a look at what God has to say about the mess of our lives and the failure of it. I don't know about you, but I really do feel like this is a word for us. We've prayed over it in the back, but I believe God wants to release people from freedom of failure in this place tonight. Amen. Amen. And so if you could, could you grab the hand of the person standing next to you? Oh, sorry, standing, sitting, right, sitting next to you, and let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you're in this space. I thank you that your word stands true. I thank you that you are a God of love, that you are a God of grace, that you are a God who does not condemn us or criticize us when we fail, but you're right in the midst of it. And so, Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts and only do what you can do in Jesus' name. And everyone said a big Amen. Amen. Yeah. Okay, so here's who we're going to focus on tonight. His name is Peter. And just to give you some background context of Peter, first, that's not a picture of Peter from 2,000 years ago. Okay, that's from like a TV show. So for illustration's sake, okay. So Peter, he was a country boy. He loved to fish. His family owned a fishing business. He was one of Jesus' earliest disciples, and he was in Jesus' inner circle. He was Jesus' homeboy. And, like, you're kind of looking at Peter and, like, well, Brett, I can't really relate to Peter unless I'm a guy, I'm from the country, or I love fishing. And so we'll go on a little more, okay? Maybe you can relate to Peter this way. Peter was emotional. Like, the dude would just feel things. He was impulsive. He would act on it. He was all or nothing. I'm either all in or I'm all out. And the dude was a hothead, which means he threw some tantrums, okay? But here's the thing I love about Peter, is this guy failed, and he failed often. And tonight, we're going to look at one of his biggest failures, like one of the most epic failures. Like, you, you talk about a time someone really screwed the pooch, or like, he like spilt the milk, this is it, okay? And it takes place, here's what's happening. Jesus has just been arrested after praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? They're taking Jesus away for questioning, and Peter, out of impulse, all of a sudden, cuts the dude's ear off, okay? So, I mean, you talk about a failure, this guy is it, okay? But anyway, they take Jesus, and, you know, Peter's been following Jesus for a while, and so he's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get my boys back. I'm going to follow him, right? So he's following him. They're going around, right? He's still following. And then he kind of gets to a point where he can't go anymore. It's like VIP access only. And he's like, hey, but, hey, I know that guy, so let him in. So, you know, Peter, like, he gets in like, yeah, I'm here, I'm here. And he's just kind of, what, what they say in Jesus? And then all of a sudden, this little girl, right, like, hey, weren't you one of Jesus' disciples? And he's like, no, no, no. Because if Peter said yes, he'd get killed, all right? So, it's cold that night. He makes his way to a charcoal fire, right? Dude rose right up and said, hey, weren't you one of Jesus' disciples? Nope, not me. Not me, right? Warming his hands, staying warm. Another guy comes up. Hey, hey, I saw you in the garden. You're the one who chopped my friend's, my, my cousin's ear off. He's like, No. No, not, not me, <laughs> different guy, right? And then all of a sudden, the sound of a rooster crows. <laughs> Come on, somebody. 
If you're wondering, one of my hobbies is not making animal noises for fun. I just grew up in Wahiwa, and there was a chicken farm, Peterson's chicken farm up the road, and you could smell it, you could hear it every morning. And I don't know if you're getting this right now, but this is pretty heavy. Because like we saw earlier, Peter was one of Jesus' closest friends. Like for Peter, Jesus probably was his best friend. And we all got best friends. This is a picture of me and my best friend. It's me walking on the stage. There it is. Okay. I'm sticking to the middle school theme. That's me and my buddy JR back in middle school. I didn't know what I was. I was confused. Like shaka one hand, peace sign in the other. I didn't know. <laughs> right? And, and there we are on my wedding day. He was my best man. And we all got best friends. Right? We all got best friends. People like we would die for. Right? We call them our day ones. Um, it's my homie. Right? My ride or die. There's this quote from a movie. I'm not going to say what the movie was, but... There's this quote from a movie that said, hey, we ride together, we die together, bad boys for life. <laughs> I ain't telling you where that's from, but that's how Peter felt, right? That's how Peter felt. And when you look at this, Peter was also the one who had these crazy revelations about Jesus. Peter was the first one. When, when everyone was trying to figure out who Jesus was, Jesus asked Peter, hey, who do they say I am? He said, I don't know who they say you are, but you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. Like, Peter was the one who would walk out of a boat onto water in full faith because he knew who Jesus was. Peter even says something like this. It's going to come up on the screen, and I want us to read it all together. Ready? Go. Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And when Peter is faced with this, push come to shove, his best friend's life is on the line. You know him? Nah, never knew him. No, 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 I saw you with him. Nope, not me. No, 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 you're that, no, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't me. And it says in Luke's gospel that after Peter denied Jesus for the third time, Peter looked at him, and Peter ran and wept bitterly. Can you imagine the weight that Peter felt in that moment? How much of a failure he felt like? I mean, you play, you imagine what tape is playing over and over and over and over his head. You imagine what sounds he's hearing. He's only hearing a rooster crow. He's only smelling a charcoal fire. And Peter is feeling like a complete failure. You ever been there before where the weight is so heavy? What's going to... And I know it sounds pretty morbid right, right now, but I, I promise you there's good news. There is good news. Tell your neighbor there's good news on the way. Right? After Jesus was executed by means of crucifixion, they bury him in a tomb. And how many days later? Three. Three days later, he raises from the dead. He has conquered the grave. He has defeated death. And he is risen. Somebody say risen. Right? He is alive. Somebody say alive. alive. And it's because of this we have hope, and that's why we can raise a hallelujah in the presence of our enemies. Amen? Hallelujah. 
So as Peter is wallowing in his failure, right, Peter goes back to what he knows. He goes back to fishing. And he spends a whole night fishing on his boat, catching nothing. Zip, nada. Right, he's, he's coming up to morning and Jesus is like, hey, hey, you catch anything? <sighs> no, otherwise why do you think I'd be out here? Right, hey, try the other side of the boat. What? Come on, it's going to get good, right? Come on. Right? And then they catch a ton of fish. They haul it into the boat, and Peter, light bulb, ding, that's Jesus. Right? And like we said, Peter's an all-in kind of guy, so he just full-on gets his Michael Phelps on, whew, dives into the Sea of Galilee, and he's gone. Right? He's a football field. This guy's nuts. So in our, an entire football field, I mean, like, Peter, we could have just paddled the boat in, but whatever floats your boat, Peter, you know what I'm saying? But with every stroke, every breath, every inch, every yard he's getting closer to the shore, I bet you thoughts of failure are now playing in his head again. Now, what's he going to say to me when I reach the shore? Ah, Peter, you're such a bust. He doesn't want to see you. You call, you call yourself his friend? Sold him out. But what I love about Peter is despite all that stinking thinking, he kept swimming to shore. And we're going to pick it up in the book of John. So Junior has, we're going to go to the book of John. If you need to find it, you can look in your table of contents, find out where John is, go to that page, okay? And then you're going to look for the big numbers that are in that book of John. And I want you to go to the big number of 21. We're going to be in John chapter 21. Verses 10 through 11, so small group leaders, if you need to help them out, help them out. Um, but if any junior hire would be willing to read us this passage tonight, anyone? Anyone? Come on, girl. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Let's, up. let's go. Let's go. Give her a round of applause. Oh, yeah, come on, preach it, girl. Okay. Just share, share your name and what church you're from. My name is Skyla, and I'm from New Hope Leeward. Sky. Yeah, come on. All right, girl, preach it, preach it. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have caught. So, so Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Check this out. They catch a whole ton of fish. They come to shore. And, um, man, if I'm Peter in that moment, like, I'm preparing myself, like, for the lecture, right? Like, I'm, Jesus, you're going to be lickings or what? Right? Kind of clenching, kind of tight. But if you see in that word again, can we bring it up? Jesus did none of that. Jesus is inviting Peter back into relationship over a meal. And how many of you guys are just thankful that if God can bring you back into relationship, he's going to do it over some food? Amen? Come on. And I can just imagine in that moment, Jesus' eyes locked on Peter. Not eyes of shame, not eyes of judgment, but of love. Saying, hey, it's just a mess. It's just failure. I still love you. 
just come and have breakfast. Just come and have breakfast. You know, I think sometimes um, when we go through failure, it kind of looks like this, okay? How many of you guys want this? Okay? It's a real $100 bill, okay? Okay, if I folded it in half, would you still want it? If I crumpled it up, would you still want it? If I stepped on it, would you still want it? If I put it in this cabbage, mix it all up, would you still want it? If I put some milk on it, would you still want it? Why? Because it's worth a hundred bucks, right? It's valuable. And I think sometimes when we encounter failure and we kind of feel and look like this hundred dollar bill, kind of a little bust up, a little messy, I think some of us, if not most of us, think that, hey, I mean, who would want me? I'm worthless. That's right. That's right. The Holy Spirit is speaking through all you guys right now, let me tell you. Right? Because even in our failure, here's the thing, God still sees someone who's valuable, who's worthy, who's approved, who's loved, who's amazing. Right? The Holy Spirit is really preaching through you guys. Right? Is that God still wants us because we are valuable in his eyes. The mess doesn't affect him. And the main thing I want to drive home tonight is this one main point. If you got your journals, write this down. If you guys are taking notes on the app, type this out. That even in our mess, God doesn't love us any less. That even in our mess, God doesn't love us any less. Even in your biggest moments of failure. And for some of us, we might be holding on to one tonight. One we just can't shake. For me, it was spilling this milk. As silly as it was, it was spilling this cup of milk. I don't know what it is for you, but I could just hear the Lord's voice saying, hey, it's not over. Hey, it's just failure. Hey, it's, it's just a mess. Would you just come and have breakfast? I can fix all of that. Would you let me help? And you know, I think, um, I don't know if you're like me, but when I made a mess like this, I'd try to clean it up as fast as I could. Right? Because if you're trying to have friends over, your parents say what? No. Oh, well. If they say yes, they say clean the house. Right? Clean it up because nobody likes a mess. Right? And so we try our best. We try our like, okay, let's try to like hide all of this and do all of this. When, when, when Jesus is just really sitting right next to us saying, hey, like, would you just stop? I actually want to help you. Because even in your mess, I don't love you any less. In your mess, I don't love you any less. Yeah, come on. If you want to clap for that, that truth. Right? 
And so even in my story, and at this moment, I'm going to invite um, Grayson to come up. He's going to play the piano in just a little bit. But it wasn't until I encountered the love of Jesus where all of this began to change for me. Because when I failed, even at little things, it ate me up. It killed me inside. Absolutely killed me inside. I'd have so much anxiety, so much frustration. But when I met the love of God, when I met Jesus personally, and I heard that truth, that even in my mess, even in my biggest failure, God doesn't love me any less, things began to shift. They began to shift. It wasn't overnight, but now when I mess up and I fail, it stings. Don't get me wrong. It stings and it hurts, but it doesn't rock me like it used to. Because even in my mess, God doesn't love me any less. And if we can grasp that truth tonight, if we all allow God to speak that into our heart and receive it, because I know it's hard to hear. I think we'd see a lot of freed people in this place. We'd see a lot of people freed from failure. There would be freedom of failure. I mean, if you could close your eyes for a second. And I don't know if you're here tonight and um, you're holding on to a past failure. I'm not trying to belittle it. I'm not trying to minimize it. But would you take the time to hear the Lord's voice to say, hey, even in your mess, I don't love you any less. And if you're here tonight, I mean, all heads are bowed, all eyes are closed, but if you need freedom of failure tonight, would you go and raise your hand? It's a place of no judgment and no shame. I see a lot of hands across the room. My hand is up too. You could go ahead and put your hand down. I want to be able to pray for us tonight. God, I thank you that you're personal, that you're real. God, I thank you that you are a God of love. You are a God of kindness. You are a God of mercy and compassion. God, I thank you that that when you see us mess up and fail, you don't want to kick us out. You don't ever give up on us, but you're right there in the mess with us. And God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that there would be freedom released in this place. Freedom of failure, freedom from the fears of making mistakes. I break off chains of shame and guilt and anxiety in Jesus' name. God, and I pray that as we begin to walk out of these doors, even to our cars or to our tents, God, that something would begin to shift. That that truth, that even in my mess, that you don't love us any less, would sink in from our heads 18 inches down into our hearts. God, I thank you that that even in the times where the the voice of failure wants to come in, your truth would speak even louder, that we are loved, that we are worthy, that we are accepted, valued, and approved because of who you are and what you did for us. God, I pray for families in specific here tonight, 
and any broken relationships between parents and kids. God, I pray that you would show up in the midst of their family circumstance, God, and you would begin to move. That it wouldn't be about who's right and who's wrong. God, I pray for humility and forgiveness and empathy for our families represented. God, I trust that you are good and that you are moving. Thank you again for who you are. We love you in Jesus' name. And everyone shouted a big amen. Can we give God all the glory tonight? <laughs>